All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And we are coming to you in the middle of a series, but we're glad that you stopped by. And Jake, what do we want people to do? Like, subscribe, give us the thumbs up, ring the bell, ring the dinner bell, and uh, get all your notifications turned on so you can check out our latest content from Sabbath Lounge. Yep, and if you're brand new, you can even Google Sabbath Lounge. You'll find all kinds of information and content on various platforms. Um, Also, we really appreciate people who leave uh, little comments and emojis that show us that you're listening. So we have a few people that are very consistent with that. We really appreciate that. Yes, and uh, it helps us to filter out all the bots. Yes, the the bots have been overwhelming. (laughs) Overwhelming. Just all over us. Yeah. All right. Well, we are talking about Yeshua hates. Jake, Part does, does, three. does Yeshua hate? You know, uh, hate's a strong word, Matt, but uh, I think that we've discovered in the first two parts that, yes, indeed, there is some things that are hated by Yeshua. Yep, yep, we did find some scriptures that would support that. So we're going to dive into that a little bit more, and we're looking at the Nicolaitans. So here we are uh, looking at 2 Peter 3.17. So Jake, would you read this? Yes. Uh, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware, lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. So if you uh, remember the first couple episodes on this, um, part one and part two, we, we discussed the Nicolaitans briefly, and then uh, it'll ma- it would make sense to you why we jump in right here, because uh, these people were uh, led away from their own stead- steadfastness with the error of the wicked, like we're describing here. And that word wicked is a thesmos, right, in the Greek. And what yep. does that mean, Matt? Uh, one who breaks through the restraint of law and gratifies his lust. So when I read that, it sounds a lot like the man of lawlessness to me. Right. Another word for lawlessness or antinomian, someone who's against the law. Right. And it's uh, that link t- between antinomianism uh, and and the Nicolaitans is that connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we discussed what Tertullian had said and John Blunt and those mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, what does he hate? Revelation two six says, "But this thou hast, that thou hateth the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate." So, Jake, does Yeshua hate? He hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans. That's right. So I don't want to be a Nicolaitan. Yes. Seems like a very bad thing. Then thou mightest be hatested. Yes, thou mightest be. <laughs> so he goes on in Revelation 2, 12 through 13. Would you read that? And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, These things says he which has the sharp sword with two edges. I know your works and where you dwell even there, uh, even where Satan's seat is, and thou dwell, in, oh, geez, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who is slain among you, where Satan dwells. 
So there's a couple of interesting things here where he talks about where Satan dwells. Then he he says that basically in two places, the beginning of 13 and the end of 13. And uh, that's often called Pergama or the throne of Satan. So if you've never looked that up, you should look that up. Uh, There's some weird things that have happened throughout history with this from from all the way from Hitler to modern times where people recreate this kind of scene. Right. And then uh, those earlier writers that we talked about in the previous episodes, they tie in this Pergamus and the seat of Satan with the Nicolaitans. Yep. All right. So we continue to look at what he hates. Uh, Revelation 2, 14 through 16 says, But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols and commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come into thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. What is the sword of his mouth, Jake? Uh, I believe it's the word. Could you go and even say the Torah? Yeah. So kind of the word made flesh thing. So, um, but uh, definitely he continues to say, hey, the Nicolaitans, this is a bad thing. Right. And he hates them. Yep. And you'll see this uh, over and over again, the two things that they tie to the Nicolaitans being the thing sacrificed to idols and the fornication and that being tied to Balaam and Balak. Yep. And so... What is the doctrine of Balaam? So when you look at the word that we just saw about doctrine, it is this. And what is it, Jake? Didache, I guess. Yeah, and Didache is teaching, uh, that what it's, which is taught doctrine concerning something, the act of teaching instruction. instruction. So this there's an idea that, that there's a doctrine, there's a teaching that came with this and so I don't know about you, Jake, but in church tradition, did they use the word doctrine a lot? Uh, yes. And then things like, do you have sound doctrine? Right. You want sound what, doctrine. And maybe we didn't understand it back then, but today, wh- you know, what do you kind of think of when you think if somebody were to talk to you about your doctrine, what would how would what would that mean to you? So I would go back to um, uh, Proverbs where it says uh, your word is uh, I give you good doctrine forsake you not my Torah uh, so I would say something like that mm-hmm. but that your doctrine and, and I would also point to Messiah who says uh, I, I don't come to teach my doctrine but his who sent me Right. So the so doctrine is not a bad thing in the right context. Right. But probably in the context that we were taught in, doctrine was a system of beliefs that lined up with the hierarchy system that you were in. Right. And, you know, if, if it was a certain denomination, then there was a certain way you were supposed to think about this, whatever it is, because that's the way you defined it. Right. So it would turn into uh, basically a church's mission statement, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit more about doctrine. And so did Balaam curse the people? 
Yes. Yes. So he went after the youth and Jake. Oh, hang on, hang on. Oh. He, he didn't curse the people because he wasn't allowed to. Yeah. But he showed Balak. He gave doctrine po- to Balak to show them how they would curse themselves. Yep. But he, he starts with the youth. Um, do we see that in today's world? Oh, certainly. Yeah. And do we, and, you know, and, and look at how we know that sex sells, you know, it, it's everywhere. Right. And it's especially nowadays being pushed on the, the children more and more. Mm-hmm. And you see that in, uh, you know, all the, all over the place. Yes. I mean, literally yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Forced crammed down our throats. Right. And so just like what you said here that, you know, uh, well, before I get to that, sex leads to participating in pagan wor- pagan worships, pagan idols, pagan feasts. How, how did, especially in particular with Balaam, how did sex lead to that? So the, the trick of Balaam for Balak was that, uh, and I think we'll see it a little later on too, but um, he told Balak that if he could get the women of the other nations to come in and entice the Israelites, he could lead them away to pagan worship and thus bring curse upon themselves. Yeah, that's exactly right. So then the next point is we wrote, they, they curse themselves by their actions. Right. And then Balaam couldn't curse them, but helped Balak show them how to curse themselves, in which they did fabulous. And, right. And that, so this should be, uh, let's see, a good lesson for us. I wanted to figure out how I should word that. <laughs> I didn't necessarily want to say encouraging, but so it should be a good lesson for us that, uh, so this is kind of an example of uh, how satan works because he can't come make you sin he can't come make you be cursed uh but what he can do is put temptation in front of you and then you can act on it and then thus curse yourself yeah just like they did here yeah All right, so what does the word Balaam mean? Lord of the people or devourer of the people. One of those sounds better than the other. (laughs) We're going to look at it in a little more detail in the next one. But, you know, does sex control people, Jake? Uh, It sure does. It gets people into a lot of trouble. And, you know, if you could just, if a lot of people would just control that, they would not be in the trouble there. Yeah, yeah. And then did Balaam use sex to control people for his benefit? Well, he certainly profited from Balak after giving him the advice that he did. Yeah. And you have to believe that this was not the only time that they had a partnership. This probably went on, you know, probably for a long time, I would imagine. So but we don't know necessarily, but it makes sense. Well, once you go to someone and they pull through on something you need, you probably go back to them. Yeah, that tends to be how we are on both parties. So when you break down the word Nicolaitan, 
So, Jake, have you ever heard of anything that sounds like Nikos? Uh, shoes. Yes. Maybe. So, and it came from the goddess. You and your Nikos shoes. That's right, Nikos. It came from the goddess of victory, and it means conquer or subdued. Right. And so, Laos, which means the people or the laity. So, it means basically conquer, subdue the people. Right. And so that's what the word means. So, interesting. And, and so, um, interesting enough, uh, Balaam's meaning has a similar similar meaning as well. So, uh, I would really appreciate it. Tell us that you're listening. Tell us what Balaam's name means and how it compares to the Nicolaitans. Right. So, bonus. Are they hit. similar? Yes. Or the same? Or different. You tell us. All right, Jake. So let's read 1 Corinthians 10, 6 through 8. All right. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be you idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. So in the King James, when you see rose up to play, what does that mean, Jake? Uh, well, they were not playing with their clothes on, <laughs> I don't imagine. Hide and seek? Uh, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> they That's kind tag. of an inappropriate way to say that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so this is discussing the golden calf situation, right? Yeah. And so if you go back to there, you'll see what kind of rising and playing they were doing. Yep, definitely not a good, good situation. But also after Balaam, there were a bunch of people. There was like a plague that happened. Yeah, this so. kind of keeps happening. Mm -hmm. they, they keep the idolatrous nature There's and they keep theme. going back to the eating and drinking and rising up to play scenario. Yep. All right, so we're going to take a look at the book of Jude. Book of Jude. So the book of Jude states, uh, Jake, will you? Jude, the servant of Yeshua Messiah and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by Elohim, the Father, and preserved in Yeshua Messiah, and called. Mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, unrighteous men, turning the grace of our Elohim into lasciviousness and denying the only master Elohim and our master Yeshua Messiah. I will therefore put you in remembrance though you once knew this, how that the master, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness under the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities, 
Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, Yah rebuke you. So definitely in here you see this um, uh, about uh, some possibly verse 4, kind of a reference to the things that the Nicolaitans were guilty of. So this um, fornication and there, there seems to be lots of questioning about the deity. Uh, right. So this uh, denying the the only master Elohim. So it's saying denying the denying the father, Yah, and the son, Yeshua, Messiah. And he's saying that uh, if you look at the pre, you know, the previous uh, episodes that we discussed this, there, there was uh, John was combating this idea of multiple deities uh, and pointing to a, a single uh, mighty one. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's kind of where he's talking about this denying, denying Yahweh and the son, Yeshua Messiah. So yeah. they had that doctrine they were, they were going against. Yep. And so it continues then um, 10, but these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally is brute beast in those things that corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they've gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. We believe that's Korah. Right. These are the spots in your feast of charity. When they feast, you feeding themselves without fear. Clouds, they are without water carried by winds. Trees whose fruit where they're wither without fruit twice dead plucked up by the roots raging waves of the sea foaming out of their own shame wandering stars to whom reserved for the blackness of the darkness forever so that sounds pretty terrible (laughs) yes and enoch also seventh from adam prophesies of these saying behold the lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all to conceive all the ungodly amongst them for their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. Let's come back to that one. But beloved, remember ye these words were spoken before the apostle of, your, of Yeshua, how that they told you there should be mockers at the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These who separate themselves sensually having not the spirit, yet beloved, building up yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves to the love of Yah, looking for the mercy of our Lord Yeshua, and until eternal life. So in 16, um, it's kind of interesting because you're talking about uh, kind of this puff up, you know, that I think of being puffed up here that you're speaking in these admirations and you're, and you're puffing yourself up and to, to advantage yourself, which to be is more a, important than you ought to think yourself. Well, it also is very much like the lording over other people. Yeah. So that or conquering mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yes. And then that uh, walking after their own lust, the way we started this episode, talking about uh, break, the antinomianism and mm-hmm. the athesmos, the uh, uh, going against law and wa- and walking after your own lusts. Yeah. Um, and then this very first uh, verse 10 up here is interesting as well. Uh, they speak evil of things which they n- do not know, but what they know naturally as brute beasts and those things they corrupt themselves. So this to me is interesting just to kind of as an aside that this is, this is like uh, a lot of times people will say, well, I just listen to my conscience. It tells me what to do. Tell me what's right and wrong. Mm. And here it's saying, what you naturally know is that of a brute beast and you corrupt yourselves by yeah. doing that. Yeah. That's so good. be careful with the, that listen to your conscience discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Then second Peter two, seven through eight, Jake will read that. And uh, delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. And then later in the chapter there it says, And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bazor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb donkey, speaking with man's voice, forbade the madness of the prophet. So this here is pretty interesting. I mean, yeah, so they've gone astray and done the same as Balaam was teaching Balak in order to curse the Israelites. Uh, so he's talking about these people that are love that are in love with sinning, mm-hmm. but they're they're I guess you would call them people in covenant it's 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 the israelites he's talking about it's the the brethren that he's yeah. talking about yeah this and is not like he's talking about the worldly people right these are the it's the people you, that you've welcomed into your feast days mm-hmm. and stuff like that mm-hmm. so be careful yeah because it's among us that's right pretty harsh words and then isaiah 28 so something important in Isaiah 28, we're going to point out something, but in Isaiah 28, 10, for precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. And it's this concept of gradually building the kingdom, um, which is kind of just a side note, but I think it's a, it's one of my favorite scriptures, so I had to point it out. But the thing we wanted to point out there was this, 28, 9, and 10, but whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept. And we just read that. But yep, line um, upon line. And um, so, so this is uh, uh, showing the the difference between Balaam's doctrine and Yahweh's doctrine. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, 
um, Isaiah is saying that he's going to teach knowledge, right? People mm-hmm. to understand doctrine. And it's going to be those that are weaned from the milk, which is Torah. Torah is the milk. It's the the foundation, right? Mm-hmm. The elementary foundation of, of the faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually you need to be weaned from that milk and into the deeper thing, the meat, which is Messiah and understand how those things relate. Yeah. So, uh, so versus the doctrine of Balaam of, Hey, uh, do what you feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that'll bring cursing upon you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And then, and then 10 is, you know, the way that your faith is built. It's a little bit, a little bit. Abraham's a great example of that. He didn't jump straight to circumcision. It took him a minute to get there. <laughs> right. So, uh, one minute comes later. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. One minute. All right, then First Corinthians five. Um, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And remember, uh, uh, this we bring up because the uh, early episode. Uh, uh, John Blunt, Tertullian, those guys—they they were bringing this mm-hmm. this up mm-hmm. also uh, in relation to the Nicolaitans. Um, so, uh, and like you mentioned, as you're going to talk about being puffed up here, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he has he that has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I verily, as absent in body but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that has so done this deed. Um, in the name of our master, Yeshua Messiah, when you are gathering together and my spirit with the power of our master, Yeshua Messiah, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the master, Yeshua. Your glorying is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Messiah, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle, not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters, because then you'd have to leave the world. Mm. I love the way he says that, because it's so... It's so spot on, and it's very clear what he's saying. Um, that idea of it's it's your brother that you're mingling with, that mm-hmm. you're eating with, and you're uh, fellowshipping with. That's the guy that's going to leaven your lump because you've welcomed him into the fold. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, since we're in a fallen world, you can't just never meet someone who is a fallen person. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah. The, so the very situation that the Nicolaitans, which is the doctrine of Balaam that carries into what, uh, the Nicholas we talked about, uh, kind of ran with in, in the new Testament that they're dealing with. Uh, so that he's, he's talking about how it's infiltrating the body right here. Yeah, there's this fornication going on, and it leads to all these other bad things. And just like Isaiah twenty eight ten, it was little by little. 
yeah. you know, it's the frog in the pot of water, you know, it, um, just like your faith is built little by little. A lot of times it's also can be broken down little by little and you, and you compromise a little bit here, a little bit there. And pretty soon you've, you've completely sold out right to, to the lust of the flesh. All right, so 11 through 13. Oh, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such an one, no, not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not you judge them that are within, but them that are without Elohim judges. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. So they're, would you say they're judging people here? Yes, they are <laughs> judging people. And that seems to be expected and commanded to do so. Right. So definitely. But people like to say, you don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Then so, don't call me a brother. Yeah. Right. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're saying, no, I'm of the world. You can't judge me. That's true. All right, so let's look at the Nicolaitans. What are they? In the end, we're coming. Th- we are coming to in the end, Jake. In more ways than one. Okay, that's so. that's true. <laughs> Every day we get closer. Can you imagine? Yes. So people that lorded over the common people, they put rules in place for others to follow. They replace the one true Torah with a false religion. And so I th- I'm afraid that we see that in the modern church today. And many of us have left this, but, uh, but you do see this in church because, you know, I don't know about you, Jake, but, uh, you know, the church was set up where when, when you went, didn't you look up on the stage and you sat down below and the people up high spoke to you and told you things and they were supposed to be the ones in charge. Well, they're they're so much smarter than us because they went to their learning school. That's right, the cemetery to to learn about seminary. the the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's too much for you to just pick up and learn. That's right. So, and they're like, uh, "Don't don't don't you worry about this. We will go figure it out, and then tell you what it says. We'll tell you what it says, right? Yeah. And I think those are that's you have to pass territory. it to find out what's in it, man. Yeah. So this gives birth to the modern church. You have a ruling class over the laity, the combining of holy with the idolatrous ways of the pagans, basically mixing holy with profane. And Jake, what is your t-shirt idea about the pastor? Oh, pastor always gets paid. Yes. So do people make a profit off of this system? Uh, Them sure do. They do. So there have been even some that have, they're uh, Lear jets that they fly around. And they need more of them. Yes, they need more. And please send them all your hard-earned dollars. And you'll get a special blessing. Yes. So, yeah. So one of the messages that we want people to have is if you're in this church situation, make sure uh, you're doing your own reading and letting the Holy Spirit guide what it's is supposed to be said. So uh, the point being, don't 
don't just I don't want it to sound bad, but yeah, don't don't just accept whatever they're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, read it for yourself, and if you're you're smart enough to figure this out, right? And if it's not jiving with what they're saying, well, either they're wrong or the Bible's wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but I, I can remember so many times it drove me crazy. I'd hear an older a person, much older than me, twenty, thirty years older than me talk about how they couldn't teach or they just didn't understand or they'd have to go ask someone else. And, you know, that was always confusing to me because I'm like, if you've walked in the faith for 50, 60 years, you should know some things and be able to impart. And you, you shouldn't have to go ask someone else for their opinion, basically their permission of it. And I think that's part of what I saw in the church system that was wrong is there is that mindset. And sometimes if you ask someone what they believe about something, they can't form their opinion until they go talk to their pastor, their preacher, minister, and then they know what their opinion is. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes with, uh, just in my experience, is talk to other people. You know, talk to people about what you believe. Even if it's like like-minded people, mm-hmm. discuss what it is you believe and you'll be better at at verbalizing what it is you believe Mm -hmm. otherwise you think you know it and then you go to say it and you're like wait a minute i'm Mm -hmm. you know i i haven't thought about this as much as i think i thought i have yeah essentially is how it works and you might be saying something that sounds really confusing and you don't even understand it right you know until someone says it back to you and you're like oh okay i gotta say that differently yeah so and that that's where it's important to be in some kind of fellowship right and you know, I'm not necessarily big on telling people they have to be disciplined and discipled, but but yeah, I, I do believe that concept that you know by being around other believers that helps disciple you and discipline you. Right. And um, you know, uh, it does kind of keep you in check if you have some weird things that you're thinking, and you know, at least they can confront that, and you might have to go, oh, maybe maybe I have to rethink that, and. And, and maybe you rethink it and you're still fine with it, but it does force you sometimes. And that's a good thing. Kind yeah. of the iron sharpens iron thing. Right. So here's some sources, Jake, uh, quite a long list of sources. Hopefully those. So we didn't just make all current. this stuff up. No, oh. no. So, so if you, if this piqued your interest, you know, I, I actually listened to just some different podcasts, watch YouTube, uh, and uh, I found other people that said some of the similar similar things, and, and that helped me as I worked on um, w- what to think. And Jake and I listened to some of the same podcasts and shared those back and forth. And and anyway. we also read through our Bibles a little bit. Yes, to, yes. To get some mainly of this. right, <laughs> mainly that's the most important part. So in the end, Yeshua hates Jake. He hates them deeds of the Nicolaitans. So yeah. make sure your deeds. Do not match those of the Nicolaitans. That's right. Well, and and it is a scary, sobering thought to consider that the pe- very people that Yeshua says he hates in Revelation might be the folks that go to church. And that's that's hard to say, and that's hard to, you know, because I love many people that go to church, and and I, I don't think that. Um, the people that, that come to my mind, I, they're not intentionally being Nicolaitans. And, and I don't know that they are intentionally doing and practicing 
fornication and Nicolaitism. Uh, yes, in, in the right. way we just read. But the system as a whole does say uh, the law is done away with. Do what you want. Uh, you know, and grace matter. covers all. Grace right. covers it all, and that's is pretty much the conclusion I came to. Then in the end, that's what the Nicolaitans believed. They believed, you know, all that they could do all this crazy stuff because grace allowed it, and everything was fine. Right. It's it's uh, uh, as one of the one of the writers we looked at said that um, we have freedom in Messiah now, so we can do these things. We can have our love feasts and do our fornicating, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, uh, and like Peter warns, people will twist the truth into a way to cancel out the law and fulfill the lust of the flesh. Yeah. And I am not saying, and Jake and I both are not saying that if you're in church and part of a church system, that you're a Nicolaitan and you're a terrible person. But we I just want to warn against. Warn you. <laughs> and we're saying that the current church system, most of them do follow under this category. So they, they you know, so we should always be aware of any organization, any place that lords over others. And, and it seems like the. The church system is set up that way, but lots of things are set up that way. You know, look at look at medicine and the, the what the world just lived through. It, it was Nicolaitism, and, and that was a form of it. Where yeah. pe- there was a group of people that said, "You're going to do this," and I uh, am the science. Yes, yeah, and uh, and so that was that's a version of it as well. So it's right. not just uh, related to. Uh, church world, but it, you know, it, it, it's, I've seen it's this in, happen at work. Yes, it's in the cult of worldlinism. If yes. that's a word, it's yeah. it, it's the uh, it's in the religion of the day, the yeah. the the spirit of the age that we have to contend with that we see walking around day after day. So, so in the end, this is a three part series. Three parts, and so we, if you're at the end here. Thank you. You th- congratulations. Yes, you are in rare air, uh, <laughs> very rare air that you've made it this far, and we salute you. If you can see us right now, we are standing and giving you some kind of salute, some kind, some kind of proper salute for your efforts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, impressive. But we encourage you to listen to all three parts, and please like, comment, share. Google Sabbath Lounge for more content. And Um, do your own homework. Most importantly, they should read their Bibles. That's right. So that's where you're going to find this information. Don't trust our word for it, um, but seek it on your own. Pray about it. And uh, Jake, I think that's about it. That's right. Be a doer, not a hearer only. All right. Well, this is Matt and Jake signing off.